1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Okay, so should we begin with the report earlier this week from the Toronto Real Estate Board? It basically talks about the Toronto prices and how much they climbed in almost two years. You know what? It has been a phenomenal fall. And, and since the spring, we've been seeing sales increases pretty much month over month since maybe March. And that has translated into a, a great year. Not only it's been a, a great bounce back year. And if, you know, we keep talking about 2008 and how uh, 2009 was a great bounce back year. We're seeing the same type of results right now. We're not going to see it in numbers of units overall as as much as we did in 2008, 2009, but prices continue to climb. Inventory is declining and that's setting us up for a 2020, which is going to be just on fire. Now, that's not good news for buyers though, right? It's It's not great news for buyers, but the thing is, real estate prices continue to increase year over year. And if you're waiting for the shoe to drop or the sky to fall, it's not going to happen in real estate. You could time other markets, stock markets, things like that. You can time those. You can't really time a real estate market. Now, let's take a look at York Region specifically. There's nine municipalities in York Region, and every one of them was up. So Richmond Hill led October with a 27.5 increase over last October. And is that a bit of a surprise? Because usually it comes from either Markham or the city of Vaughan. It is. And Markham and Vaughan were, they're equally on fire. But the thing was, Richmond Hill really stood out with a 27.5% increase. I mean, King was the worst market in York region and they were up 10%. So when you're up 10%, that says a lot. East Gwillimbury up 26%. Markham, 21.7%. Markham was one of the hardest hit markets in York Region last year. It was up 21.7%. And speaking of hardest hits, Georgina, which took the greatest hit, was up 20.4%. Newmarket up 19.4%. Stouffville, 19.4%. Vaughan was up 16.3%. Aurora, 14.7%. So every market in the region was up. Our sales in total, we're up 20.4%. Treb reported sales increases of 14%. York Region was up 20.4%. So that puts it into perspective of how solid York Region real estate has come back. Does that mean that this is going to just kind of slow down and stay as is for now and then look out 2020 because those prices will continue to rise? I think November is still going to be pretty hot. We still have time. We still have a lot of time. You know, we... We finally got snow this week. So, I mean, it's it's beginning of November, so it's a little bit early, but that's usually the signal where things are going to start to slow down. But there's we are very low on inventory. If you look at the inventory, we're down 9.6% for new listings, and our active listings are down 18.8%. That's almost a 20% decline in inventory. And when you think sales were up 14% across the Toronto Real Estate Board, that's a huge loss of inventory. So people that are purchasing right now are now going to get into bidding wars. And November is pretty late for bidding wars, but we're still seeing them. 
Wow. Now, you also talked about the fact that real estate is not the market or it's not the industry where that shoe is going to drop. And we're seeing that in terms of people investing in Toronto and the GTA. We've heard that Pharrell Williams is investing in a couple of condos in midtown Toronto. What does that mean in terms of who is coming to the city? And he's not the only one. Well, see, we've been talking about this on the show for a few years. Toronto, if you're looking at world-class cities, Toronto's on sale. And even with, you know, York Region was up 13.9% in price for last month. The entire Toronto Real Estate Board was up 5.5% for a price. But when you compare to New York or Paris or uh, London, England, we're still pretty far behind in price per square foot. So other people are looking at this from around the world and saying, hey, Toronto's showing great increases. It's very affordable. That's where I want to park my money because they're going to make money on it. And, you know, even Vancouver, if you look across the to the other coast, Vancouver's starting to make a comeback. If you look over to the East Coast, Halifax is... is facing the same type of situations where they're in multiple offers now. So people are looking at Canada as a place that they want to invest their money because it's pretty secure. It's going to make money and they're, they're going to be happy at the end. So that condo investment is still a good investment. It really is. All right. When we come back, the mortgage accounting and financial services of Integrity Tree. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Asif Kasim from the Integrity Tree. Asif, thanks for coming back. Thanks a lot for having me. Asif, they say there's two certainties in life, and that's death and taxes, and we could probably add one more government intervention when things are going good. So let's put all of those together. <laughs> and now... You're, we were talking offline, and you said that when you die, the government is going to tax your real estate. How does that work? Let's get into that. Well, what most people don't know is that the day you pass away, it's deemed that you have sold all your assets. And anytime you sell any assets in Canada, there is a capital gain to be paid, a tax. So if you were to pass away and you don't have the the correct provisions in place, like life insurances or wills and things of that nature, well, there's a tax disposition and somebody has to pay it. And depending on who is uh, your executor or who is uh, your beneficiaries, you may be burdening them with additional costs that they're not prepared for. What does one do to protect themselves from having to pay the government all these taxes on a place that they have purchased and invested in and made money on rather than just give it away to the government how how do their how do they protect their children i think something that's very important and very from a very young age is to align yourself with a very good accountant lawyer family lawyer and an insurance agent and insurance is a thing that people don't like to talk about but the reality is when you actually need it it's a little too late so I think getting a good insurance agent involved and then an accountant to help you with the tax planning portion of it and then a lawyer to create the will, the power of attorney, the estate planning, all of that stuff. Couple those together and if you have a good team, they'll help you prepare. 
by providing the right strategies in place, uh, specifically insurance, so that when you pass away, because we don't know when, mm-hmm. when you do eventually pass away, which is inevitable, you are financially prepared and whoever is the beneficiary or whoever is in your, your family, they will not be burdened. Now, we can see the, the role of the accountant, the family lawyer. What does the insurance have to do with all of this? How does that come into play? Well, think of it this way. A lot of things that people don't understand or they're not aware of is that when that time comes where you pass away, if you have a, the proper insurance coverage, you're going to receive a death benefit where, that can cover that tax that you have to pay. Uh, there's a variety of things you can do with insurance policies. Um, some people get the emergency type of policy that I have a, a house for 25 years, I'll get a 25-year term uh, insurance policy. If something happens, the mortgage is paid off for. And then some others will get something like a whole life policy, which is more permanent because you never know when you're going to die. You can't put a, a term on that when you eventually pass away. Those funds that have uh, that you have in your insurance policy will pass on to the executive uh, executor, sorry, and then they'll be able to disperse accordingly. So, so basically, the government's going to get their money no matter what. We just have to find the money through an insurance policy or something. Uh, that's definitely one way. Or, or when it comes to real estate specifically, you might want to plan ahead and add somebody onto the ownership, onto the title, so that uh, when one person's passing, the other person has the ownership and there's there's no tax disposition at that point. Oh, so if uh, if people add their one of their child or their children to the actual deed itself, then that kind of prevents this from happening, prevents you from losing all this money, per se, to the government. Yes, and on a very basic level, yes. There are land transfer tax implications. However, it's not as much as paying capital gains on a sale of a property. And how do you access these types of insurance? You know, when you're first taking out a mortgage, maybe you have access to an insurance policy at that time. But what if you're, you know, a senior citizen and your home is now paid off, you are in your home, you're enjoying finally the fruit of your labor, and and uh, you, you don't have an insurance policy. What do you do at that stage of the game? Well, there are policies that are available for seniors. They're a little bit pricier, but they are available. In some cases, what ends up happening is the children end up taking out policies for the parents and paying for those coverages because they know that there's capital gains coming. So um, there are situations where if you plan ahead and, and the parents are still uh, able-bodied and healthy, you can get a decent insurance policy. It might be a little pricey, but at least the child can pay for it and put it in the that coverage, when the parent does eventually pass, then all expenses are covered at that point. And is the insurance policy in the children's names or is it in the parents' names? Uh, so the, the person insured would be the parent, but the child would own the policy and pay for the policy. So they're almost like a beneficiary yes. to that policy? Yes. And then, so, so what would be, I guess an accountant would be able to determine, if you've owned a house for 25 or 30 years, there's, you're looking at a significant, especially if you're in New York region, you're, you're looking at a significant capital gains tax on that. Oh, for sure, for sure. This, uh, up to 50%. The, the capital gains are significant for sure. And an accountant will be able to sit there and look at not just the real estate, but all the other assets that you have. Um, one thing is mutual funds or, or things that are in a bank 
How does that get impacted? Does that have to go through probate? Yes. But if you have it in an insurance product like a segregated fund, it bypasses probate so you don't have to pay those things. And there are little things that really and truly majority of society, they don't know. Wow. So I'm I'm just thinking out loud here. So someone that purchased a house for $300,000 maybe 25 years ago, they're probably sitting on a 1.2 million home. That's about a $900,000 capital gain. So if it's 50% of that, that's $450,000 that's going to be taxed and given to the government? Pretty much. Pretty much. I was going to say, when they say you can't take it with you, you really can't take it with you. No, and you can't leave it behind wow. either. And, th- and this is where, at a younger age, and, and, and th- this is one of the goals that I have, is prepare people with education. So starting young and saying, you need to tax plan from a very young age and take advantage of compounding and years ahead of you, long, long horizons. So if you can build good insurance policies and if you can have really strong investments and the right tax planning, you won't be left in that position. Typically, I would start with the insurance agent because they'll do a needs analysis to determine what are the gaps? Where where are you going to have needs? They may not have the technical answer in terms of calculations of how much you're going to pay, but they'll identify, here's what's going to happen. And then the next steps is to talk with your accountant to determine the actual cost that it could be. And then the third will be, all right, we need to put this in place and get a will. And I always encourage not just a will, but you need a power of attorney, uh, an enduring power of attorney. So those are th- that would be the... Uh, that would be the, I guess, the order that I would choose somebody. So, Austin, if we've got, uh, you know, we're trying to save about $450,000 for our listeners uh, when they do pass their property along to their children. But what's the trade off? What's the cost on one of these policies? You know, can you give us a cost or, you know, what's it determined on? Uh, there's no way of being able to tell you, unlike a mortgage where you have a certain amount, you can guess approximately what the monthly payments are going to be. With insurance, it depends on age. Uh, gender is definitely part of it. It depends on your employment, your health, your family history. There's so many factors that go into play to determine, you know, for example, one person, two people may be sitting next to each other. One might have a, a million dollar policy and they're paying $200 a month. The other person might be paying 400 And for, they're identical in terms of age, could be same gender, but health histories could be different and it could alter it completely. Now, would we be able to sit down with you to start this planning process and and be introduced to the professionals that can help save this money? For sure. That's that's exactly what I would do. Is I'd, I would introduce you to all the right people involved to ensure that you have the right analysis to set you down the right path. Now, for our listeners, I said, maybe shoot out your contact information on where they can contact you to get this process started. You can talk, contact me at www.integritytree.ca. Awesome. Thanks so much for uh, dropping by. Thank you. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. Just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com for a replay. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Helen in Pickering. She writes, my son has lived abroad for several years 
and is considered a non-resident. We would like to help him buy a condo for the future should he return to live in Canada. Would he have to pay foreign buyer tax and could this be avoided by him owning less than 50% of the property? Asif, what do you think? Great questions. And, and what you need to do is engage a lawyer right away because they'll be able to determine percentages and what the taxes would be and if he is considered a foreign resident or non-resident. And the other thing is, if he is planning on moving here within the next two years, he qualifies for rebates on that tax. So yes, he would have to pay the foreign tax. However, if he is going to be moving here in the next couple of years, he would be eligible for a rebate on that tax and the lawyer would be able to help you determine how much would be rebated or how much you would have to pay at the beginning. And does it matter if he owns more or less than 50% of the property? Again, I think it, it's the way that it would be structured. It's no different than when you're paying land transfer taxes. If you're a first-time buyer or if one spouse is a first-time buyer and the other one isn't, there, there are certain discounts that you could get per se. So you would have to consult with the lawyer to be able to plug in all the numbers into their formula and they'd be able to help you out. All right. Our next question comes from Jordan in Thornhill. He is a landlord and is now preparing to sell his home. The issue is that he believes the property was used to produce cannabis. How will this affect the sale price of his home? Another great question, Jordan. And how traditionally this would negatively affect your home for sure because uh, it was, you know, it's a stigma that gets attached to the property not for a year or five years or seven years. It's a stigma that's attached to the property forever. So, uh, yes, there, there would be negative connotations to having a, a property that cannabis was produced in. Now, however, over the last year or so, it's now legal to grow a certain number of plants in your home uh, for personal use. So it depends on how things uh, are going to proceed now because now with that caveat, it may be okay. You may be able to say, yeah, it was personal use and that's now allowed. So again, it depends on what type of use. Was it commercial use? Was it, you know, was it for personal use? And you'd be able to have the answers to that question depending on how many plants there were in the home. And would we have to at least review if there is any impact on the actual structure as well? Yeah. I mean, you know, traditionally, if that was found to have happened, you would have to get an environmental study done on the place, make sure that there's no residue within the the walls or anything like that. And and especially with when you're growing for commercial purposes, there's a lot of moisture and mold that will be in your walls. And and that's not good for the house at all. All right. Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? They can call me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. And just before we go, this week's hot listing and joining us next is Heather Cooper from REMAX Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Thanks, Tina. This week's hot listing is an adorable raised bungalow right in the heart of Keswick. This home has three bedrooms, up one bedroom in the basement. You've got two bathrooms. Some of the recent upgrades include a newly finished basement. They've got new flooring, a new roof. They've laid fresh sod in the fully fenced backyard, and they've actually taken down some walls to make the living area more of an open concept. Asif, what do you think? 
This is a great little property in, in Keswick, a beautiful starter home. You're, you know, steps from the water. I mean, if you have a boat or if you enjoy, you know, a walk by the water, this is a great property. It's, uh, you know, you're surrounded by all the amenities. It's a really growing community as well. So you've got, you know, the big box stores coming in. Uh, it's, it's right on Biscayne Boulevard, which is, you know, in the heart of Keswick itself. I, I can't say enough about it. And in terms of a raised bungalow, what exactly is that? So basically, you've got a few stairs leading up to your main level, which would have, you know, your living space, your kitchen, your bedrooms, and uh, you know, you're, you're up from the garage, so you're on top of the garage. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's a bungalow in the sky per se. Lots of space. There it is. Okay, Heather. One more time, the highlights of this property and where our listeners can get more information about the price. This home has three bedrooms, two bathrooms, fully upgraded, listed at $529,000. It's 38 Biscayne Boulevard in Keswick. And for more information, give me a call at 416-985-5426. Heather, thanks so much for uh, the hot listing. You're welcome. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.